I'm Rachel Olstead, and this is the Dream Builder Society podcast. As a life coach, I help women just like you harness the power of your thoughts to take your good life and make it great. Join me each week here for inspiration, stories, and practical life coaching tools with real life application to start taking small steps towards creating the life of your dreams. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dream Builder Society podcast. I am so excited to welcome two different guests today that we have with us, Kimmy and Elizabeth. They're a dynamic team that has so much to offer you guys today. And I'm excited to dig into the conversation of not just branding and what that means and why it's important for our businesses as we're starting now, as we're growing, and even as we're scaling but also the topic of like creating a really, really personal brand in your business and what that means. And so I am excited for you guys to meet these two amazing women and to hear from them. And so welcome, Cammie. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to be here. This is Elizabeth, by the way. Yes. And I'm Cami. We're super excited to chat with you. Creating a personality driven brand is like one of our most favorite things. So it's going to be a good one. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So maybe Elizabeth, let's start with you. Just give us a little intro. Like, who are you? Tell us about yourself. Tell us about anything that you want to share with us a little bit, who you are, what you do, and then we'll jump to, to Cami, and then we'll kind of dive into like what you guys do together and all the goodness that you have created together. Yeah, for sure. It's changed a lot for me over the years. I think sometimes when you head on your entrepreneurship journey, you kind of have to be ready for that. But I hit the ground running in like the fall of 2016, going full time with my business, Eliza and Calligraphy. And specifically to pursue at the time, it was a lot of house portraits, wedding signage, wood signage, and wedding invitations. And wedding invitations were kind of like the ultimate goal. You know, I was like, I want to build a brand completely centered around invitations. I want it to be super high end. I want to work with high end planners and clients. And for anyone who's built a business or is building a business, um, a lot of people will tell you it takes it really takes five years to kind of feel like you've gotten a groove, you're in a good routine, you've got some good clients under your belt. And it was funny because this is technically my fifth year, but obviously 2020 was COVID and weddings went completely splat. Uh, they just stopped, everything postponed or everything canceled. And so for a while there, I was kind of sitting twiddling my thumbs. I was like, I'm just going to wait this out. Like everything, everything will be fine. You know, everyone was kind of like in denial. Everything will be fine. Everything will come back. And what ended up happening for me was actually a really huge pivot last year where Eliza and calligraphy is still running. I still have some invitation clients. I'm a lot more picky, but I've actually really found my niche helping other creatives who have good followings build online courses. So specifically women who have been asked a long time by their audience, how did you do that? I want to learn everything from you. And so I've kind of found my sweet spot doing that. And that's been really fulfilling and amazing for me recently. And then obviously I run Biz Birthday Bash as well with Cami. So Cami can kind of tell who she is and about her business. And then I'll let her kind of start to our story of how we ended up working together. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing, Elizabeth. And I think just like 
hearing, and I think it's going to be refreshing and a good reminder too for my audience to hear that like overnight success stories like aren't actually a thing and that it does really take time and commitment and like the willingness to go where life and go where business and go where like your audience wants you to be right as far as business and pivoting and transitions and that like it's not a problem and I love that you have although maybe it felt forced (laughs) to kind of make this pivot in some cases probably also um really really great for your growth and just like part of that journey so I love that Cammie how about you tell us a little bit about you and who you are what you do all the things yeah, so um, I'm Cami. I'm a watercolor artist. My business started out doing custom wedding invitations, just like Elizabeth. That's how we kind of became instant friends, instant besties. So I did custom invitations, a ton of custom work for quite some time. I also pivoted a little bit in 2020 and started really putting my focus in on my product shop. So I also have a product line that I retail and wholesale with all my watercolor creations with all kinds of honey greeting cards and party goods. And it's been so much fun. So this year, I've been really shifting towards more in the product space and kind of letting go of the custom work as my life changes. So that's kind of where I am. But all in all, the basis of my business has always been watercolor, which is pretty cool. The different things you can do (laughs) with just a paintbrush and a paint palette. So, and then I'll give you a little bit about Biz Birthday Bash. So like I mentioned, Elizabeth and I were both doing wedding invitations and we actually found out we were going full-time with our businesses on the very same day. We connected in a Facebook group. There was a thread about how do you go full-time? Like, when are you going full-time? We both realized like we're both going full-time on September 16th. And I just thought that was really cool. So we became friends being like, oh, we're on the same journey. Let's keep in touch that way. And kind of follow along and keep up with each other. And, you know, text messages turned into phone calls, phone calls turned into FaceTimes. And before you know it, we were meeting in person to host a free webinar for people to tell them everything we learned and <laughs> meet in person. Um, and that's how Biz Birthday Bash kind of got its start. So our whole thing with Biz Birthday Bash is making Biz Strategy a piece of cake. We love sharing everything we know with our community of other artists, stationers, designers, calligraphers. It's a very niche little um, special community and we've really, really made it super fun to be a part of. Yeah, I I love that story and like just the idea of both of you guys starting with very much like product-based businesses, right? Rather than um, a lot of women that I serve as my clients and really listeners of this podcast too, a lot of them have service-based businesses, but both of you kind of transitioning and kind of jumping back and forth kind of between those lines and finding that um, happy medium. And I love that, like the tagline of making business a piece of cake, like I think my audience (laughs) will really appreciate that. And like you had me at cake. It's like, okay, if this can be simpler and sweeter right and more fun like let's try to focus on that and I talk a ton about just in general making business and life right like more fun and simple and so I think that message is so aligned with with where we're going today and just with both of your businesses and I would love to kind of circle back 
if we have time to that idea of just like friendship in business and like along that journey too, because I think that you guys have had such a really natural and just like genuine progression, it sounds like of your friendship in business and kind of what that looks like and just the importance of it. So I would love to, like I said, if we have time to kind of circle back to that, because I think that friendship and just having having that space and having other women alongside you on your journey, not just in the form of like a mentor or a coach or someone, you know, a leader, but someone side by side. And so I love that you guys have created this friendship and business together. So I would love to dive into just like talking about the concept of branding, because I think just saying the word, I know even like when I was first starting my business and people were talking about branding, I'm like, like what that feels so heavy like that feels so foreign that feels so um just misunderstood I think too in the idea that like I think a lot of people have this misconception that branding is literally just like let's choose your fonts and your colors and like throw it out there into the world like what and what do we do with that right what do we do from there so let's break it down I know this might be just like oversimplifying it for you guys as experts of branding and business and having all of these experiences but let's kind of break it down to like what in the world is branding like in your eyes how do you define branding and really just like digging into kind of like why is it important for you guys and and how you address it in your work yeah for sure i can go ahead and start off a little bit and then i know cami will have plenty to chime in and talk about especially when it comes to the personality aspect that's like 100 percent cami <laughs> um but i would say a really simplified way to think about branding is not how you see your business. It's how others see your business. It's how your customer views your business. It's how your peers view your business. It's the three words that come to mind when you ask somebody else, what do you think of when you think of my business? You know, things like that. So I can, when I look at Cammy's business, I see colorful, whimsical, fun. Those are probably like three of the words that would come to my mind right away. And I think that's a great exercise to do that if you're just like really confused, you know, maybe you've been running your Instagram for a while, you're trying to get a website put together, put something out there and ask people, when you think of me and my business, what are three words that come to mind? And you can kind of piece things together from there because branding is it's so much more than the fonts and colors. It really is a feeling. And I know that's like, so woo, uh, woo woo. It's a feeling. What does that even mean? But I know Cammie's going to be able to like shed so much more light on this because I think she had her light bulb aha moment last year where she kind of like unlocked what Cammie Monet is today and like realized what it was. So I'll kind of let her pick up and explain that a little more too. Yeah. So Rachel, I have, I like speak in analogies. So <laughs> everything I do has like some kind of like visual aspect with it, which Elizabeth and I are both very on board with the whole thing. Branding is like how your customers see you. It's how they're connecting with your brand, that whole feeling and the way they, they you're showing up. And yeah, it's not just the colors. Like that's just like such a teeny tiny little part, but don't we all just get so hung up on that? What is the deal with that? <laughs> But um, anyway, one of the things that I realized last year when I was really trying to understand like what kind of, kind of business do I have? Like what does my business actually look like? 
was that I didn't need to go necessarily shopping for a new outfit. I just needed to wear what I already have. And in this sense, (laughs) um, Elizabeth and I have this little exercise we like to do with branding where what would your, like if your brand was wearing an outfit, what would that be? And when you start thinking in those types of terms and like playing around with it visually like that, you can start to understand your brand in a totally different light, but beyond the colors and all that kind of thing. So we both have made Pinterest boards for our brand, like our brand outfit, what it would wear, not necessarily what you would wear, but what your brand would wear. And so that's where the whole idea of just going shopping in your closet and looking at what you what you're already putting out there instead of trying to try on everyone else's branding because it can be very tempting especially when you're starting out and you're looking at all these other amazing people in the industry and you're like oh well they use like bright colors and they're very like fun i want to try to do that but if your like personality doesn't match that it's just going to have this huge disconnect and so you kind of have to let it start to show through through on its own and that's when you're going shopping in your closet <laughs> instead of just going shopping at the mall trying to find something that works for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many things that I want to take into with that. But like the first thing that popped into my mind when you were talking about like almost like this, which I think so many business owners get caught up in, in different stages of your business, just like comparing yourself to other people and looking at, you know, what other people are doing and whether it's like, um, whether we think we're doing it just for like, quote unquote, inspiration, or we're actually like falling into that compare and despair kind of cycle, I think it can be kind of dangerous. Because the first thing that popped into my head is like, that whole phase of like, all business owners, all female business owners choosing like black, and pink and polka dots, and like, cheetah print, or like leopard print, or some sort of animal print. And I feel like that just like, the color, the visual of that, I think like spawned a lot of a lot of different variations of that, right? When it comes to the actual visual brand. But I love how you guys talk a little bit more about how it's so much more of a feeling. And I love that it's more woo, right? I love that it's more like of that that feeling, right? Rather than just like the text, the font, the actual words you're using, right? The colors, because that really only like that's so surface level, right? And talking a little bit about like shopping in your own closet is so such a great analogy. I love that. And I appreciate you guys sharing that and bringing that to our attention. Because it's like, you're right, we we try to oftentimes, especially as business owners, right, even when we're new, and when we're like evolving, because our brands evolve as we evolve as business owners, they just have to um, be, if, if they're, if they're being true to us, right. And true to our business. And so starting with like that idea of staying in your own lane, right. Stay in your own closet, see who you already are, see what your business already is. And to circle back to like what Elizabeth, you shared about like just polling your audience and asking like, what do you guys think about when you think about my business and really getting their perspective and taking, taking ourselves out of the equation for just a moment of like, how do I want to be perceived? But like, how am I already being perceived, right? How is my business already being perceived? And then I would even maybe take it like one step further and even add this idea of like, is that what I want, right? Do I want to be perceived that way? Do I like the perception that my audience has of my business or not? And then making changes from there. Um, and so I love just like this simplicity of, of 
of branding, not that it's just like the colors, the logos, whatever, all of that, but really this feeling. And so I want to like dig into that a little bit more um, instead of just talking like what the branding is and kind of the, the basis of it. I want to dig into like, why is it so important? Like you guys have built a brand around helping other people build their brands, right? And so like, there is so much depth to this. And so for you guys and for your clients and and who you serve and just our, our audience listening, like why is branding in general? And then we'll dig into kind of this personality driven brand. Like why is this so important? Cammie, do you want to start this time or do you want me to start? Yeah, I can go ahead. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Yeah, one of the reasons branding is so important with that feeling is you're creating that emotional connection with your audience. And when they have that emotional connection with you, they're instantly going to start to trust you. And when they trust you, they're going to want to buy from you. Um, You're creating that connection where they're thinking of you when they see, you know, whatever kind of outfit you decide. Like if they see overalls and you're wearing that all the time, they're like, oh, I'm thinking of Cami for this one. And it's going to just automatically bring your brand to mind. But just having that emotional connection where you can really start to connect with your audience on so much of a deeper level than just being a logo, that's so important. Like one of the things we always talk about too is as small business owners, we have this like very unique asset where we can put our personalities out there and create like actual human relationships that maybe a big brand like Nike or Coca-Cola has to really strive to like humanize those things and come up with these campaigns. But we get to be the face of who we are. And in that, we're creating these amazing, amazing relationships that just build your customer base and make them want to buy from you, which is the ultimate goal, right? Obviously. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, and just to piggyback off of that too, it's very easy to think of certain examples, right? Of people in the industry who've been in the industry long time. And you can almost picture, you can picture like the imagery that goes with that person. So like, okay, Jenna Kutcher, a lot of people know her mac and cheese and yoga pants. I mean, those are like some of the first things that come to mind. And she really like hammered that home for a really, really long time that those are like her things. And it's not just the mac and cheese and yoga pants. It's like, what does that say about her? It says, more like laid back, more casual. I'm still here to help you, but I like the basics. I like comfort. You know, she's not showing up in a pantsuit. So all of those things will speak to something about your brand or like Cami, just like as an example, I love talking about Cami because anytime I see a chipmunk, I think about Cami. Like anytime I see butterflies now, I think about Cami because they've been used in her products so much. And unfortunately, a lot of people think about Cami when they see cabbage in the grocery store because Cami decided to use a cabbage hat filter one day on Instagram (laughs) that like for some reason, everyone was totally lost their minds over and started messaging her every time they saw cabbage in the store. And that's like, you know, cabbage isn't her brand, but being silly and funny and high energy is. And so those kind of all go hand in hand that lead back to her personality and what she's doing as a business person. It would never make sense for me, like in a million years to show up on my stories in a cabbage hat filter. I could not pull it off. (laughs) It's not like on brand for me and not something that I could do. But for Cami, it was like such a funny moment that like, that her audience thinks of her when they see something in the grocery store, you know, like you want those moments that click that when someone sees certain imagery, then they think of you. And I think that's kind of the ultimate goal. Yeah. And then like, this is also piggybacking off. We both just said piggybacking. 
Um, but off the the whole like closet analogy, like in if you're still with me on this analogy, this is like we've already picked out your outfit and your closet, but these are like what we consider like the little accessories that you're putting on. And I mean that literally because I put on the cabbage hat, but um, like maybe your accessories are, you know, like the yoga, I just almost said yoga cheese and macaroni pants, but you guys know what I'm trying to say. So if you're wearing yoga pants, like that's your other like accessory or like a trigger point for your audience to be like, oh yeah, I think of Jenna Kutcher with that. I think comfort, like Elizabeth is so right. Just on that train of thought, like not only are you getting your audience to think of you more with these random little triggers or accessories you have in your closet, but you're also getting them to see a different little part of your personality because we all like correlate these things with different things too. Yeah, that's so true. Just the idea of like um, being top of mind in your audience's like, well, in their mind, I guess, for lack of better terms, but just like having that presence that's not just like, oh, this is what this person does. This is how they can help me. I know that they have so much valuable content and support to share with me, but also like we all know that we are naturally like we we naturally gravitate towards specific types of people, right? That we want to work with. And um, when we don't show our personality and when we don't have like really authentic branding, right? I I I really think that it's like doing our clients, our potential clients, our audience, ourselves like a disservice because we're just trying to be like everyone else. And and then it becomes just about the product or the service that we offer. But instead, like having something so driven by your personality, which I think is actually like, you guys can correct me if, if you think I'm I'm wrong or have something else to say about it. But I think this idea of having a personality driven brand is like, rather a new concept in the grand scheme of like marketing and just strategy and and business in general, because it's not so formal, right? Like we can be the face of our business, especially as, you know, even if we have big teams and as you're growing and scaling, like as a solopreneur, right, even with a team or leading a huge company, you can still be the, the face and having people connect with you that already already have like share commonalities, right? And have similar interests. And I think that is beautiful too, that you're not only attracting the people because of what you do, right? And because of the high quality of service or products that you provide, but also because they just like, like you, right? And then you like them. And it's just such a better like working relationship too. I think then just like, hey, you have this I want this cool. Let me pay you money for it and be on my way and just really develops that relationship I think is, is huge. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say or any, any, anything about just like the newness of this concept of like personality driven brand. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I will go ahead and say that I think a lot of people get nervous about this a little bit because they're like, this means I have to show my face and they start to freak out because they're like, I'm not ready to show my face or I'm not confident enough to show my face. You know, that's a question that we've gotten from listeners before. Like, what if I'm not ready to show up in that way on my stories? And to that, I just want to comfort people to say like, You don't actually have to show your face to still have a personality-driven brand to be telling stories. You can be showing pictures of your products 
and showing the why behind it. So if you post a product, or if you're talking about your service, you can tell them a story about something that happened in your life and why you think the resource you're offering or the product you're offering is beneficial to them. Why did it change your life and how is it going to change their life? There's still so many things that you can incorporate. Um, taking pictures of your office space, taking pictures of your pets, you know, there's other things you can do besides showing your own face because I mean, I get it. Like, I don't really want to show my face on social every day or have to be like the leading lady per se all the time, but there's still ways to like weave in all of those details to make sure that people make those connections and come back to you. So yeah, there's a lot of great brands out there and and bigger brands, even like when I think of Spanx, I think of Sarah Blakely right away, the woman who started it. Like those two are very synonymous to me. I think she did such a great job of telling her story over and over and over again, like why she made Spanx, why she made that product. And like Spanx to me are such a living, breathing thing in terms of like their brand because I know the why behind it. So there's ways to share that and still get that information across. If there is anyone who's listening and is like, I'm not, I'm not ready. I don't want to throw myself into the mix right now. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not ready to do that yet. So I just want to give people some comfort over that too, that it doesn't always mean, you know, showing, showing your face or talking on stories. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And I love that you shared that too, because I think that is like a frustration or a pain point, or even just like a a fear factor for so many business owners who they're like, wait, so not only do I have to like create all of the content and create the branding and really like identify that, but now I have to like get ready and get prepared and like prepare myself to be on camera or go on live or do reels every day or this or that, or like wear silly hats or wear purple every day because that's what my audience, like, you know what I mean? Like creating unnecessary pressure, which we all do. Like we can, we, you know, that's a, a whole, different conversation um, that we could dig into about like the mindset behind all of this. But I love that just like making it simple, right? And finding different ways to weave in your story, your why, and not making it only about us, right, as the business owner, but like how our story, our products and services then connect to our audience as well, I think is is huge. And so I guess this kind of leads me to the question of like the why has been, we, we talked about that, um, the how you've touched on, but I think a lot of times, right, like our brains naturally like to go to, but how, but how, but how, okay, so you're telling me to create a personality, you know, driven brand but how, 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 and you shared a little bit, um, Elizabeth, of some ways to do that. But I want to kind of take it from a different angle. Um, If you guys can shed some light on like really the two questions that I have is like, when it comes to the how of creating a personality driven brand, like what is important and what's not important to consider when it comes to like really stepping into, if not diving into like not rebranding, but just like really owning the brand that we already have created. Like what is important to think about and and what's not really important that maybe you find that a lot of business owners are focusing so much time and energy on, but aren't necessarily like really that important in the grand scheme of things. 
Yeah, I'll start with this one. One of the things I think that is most important is stories. And I don't just mean Instagram stories. I mean like actual, like telling a story about why you got there, why you created something kind of like Elizabeth was already mentioning, but stories stick. I mean, that's just something that's been part of the human connection for literally thousands of years. We remember so many things by telling stories. So if you can start matching, we like to say like matching universal experiences with personal stories to share your story and be like, how can you relate to this? And kind of creating that connection that way. They'll remember your story. They'll remember like one of the big parts of my brand is my dad is a watercolor artist and I grew up learning from him. And that's just been like this little piece of my story that's woven throughout everything. And people remember that and people will message me and say like, oh, my my grandma also painted and now I... I do that too. It's just really cool to see that. And so people really connect with those stories. So I think if you have those types of things moving forward with, with your brand, it's just going to automatically create personality in a way where you don't even have to think about it. The cool thing about personality-driven branding is that it is so new. I mean, social media has opened it up where you don't necessarily have to have this like two-dimensional flat thing like a billboard. It's like this living, breathing thing that's always changing. So if you can be vulnerable to yourself and not be afraid to share, you know, the not so pretty moments or the hard times or like when things go wrong, those are great ways to make connections too. And a lot of people feel like, no, we should leave those out. Like I only want to show the perfect side, but I can tell you from experience (laughs) talking about the things that go wrong or the not so perfect side definitely help you continue to grow. And when your audience sees you like, you know, make a mistake and then overcome it. They're like, yes, you did it. I can't wait to get this thing from you because you finally figured it out. Like, it's really cool to have that camaraderie and they feel like they're a part of what you're building. So that's a huge thing as well. And I can go ahead and chip in on the other end of that, of what to not do (laughs) in terms of what people get really hung up on when doing branding. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that I have seen recently is prioritizing beauty over functionality and ease, especially when it comes to your website. I can't tell you how many times I've been on a website and thought to myself, wow, this is stunning, and then couldn't figure out where anything was. And that is the last thing that you want to do. It's very like very much that style over substance. If you've ever heard that phrase before, you want to be able to kind of guide your people through that experience on your site. And that guidance alone is part of your brand because as soon as someone gets to your site and they're like, wow, this is so beautiful and I can't find anything, all of a sudden it becomes really confusing and the pieces start falling apart instead of staying together and really making it clear for them, like who you are, where they should be going, what step they should be taking next, how they should feel while they're doing it. All of that gets lost if you've prioritized the beauty over all of it. And that can even that can even go back to like your colors and your logo too. Like if you're so hung up on that side of it and you're not thinking about the meaning and you're not thinking about serving your customers well and the people who are already following you. I think I've heard this a lot too. It's like serve who's already there. Don't be trying to like clamor for more, more, more. I got to make it better. I got to make it prettier. I got to make it trendy, you know, like focus on what's already there, what you already have, what Cami has said time and time again of shop your own closet and just, and just slow down because I want I want to bounce back to Cami so that she can talk about last year, how she was going through a little bit of a rebranding and potentially like a website design. And there ended up being some hangups, but she was able to still 
basically like present this whole new brand, her aha moment, which I had mentioned very early in the introduction. So Cammie, like, if that's okay, I want you to talk about that a little more too. And like how that all happened and how it came to be. Just with the whole website redesign and everything. And how you basically like rebranded yourself almost without realizing it, I guess. Yeah, I did kind of rebrand myself. (laughs) It was all accidental. It was fantastic. Um, And I've kind of went through the steps that we talked about here, where I basically started with asking my audience, um, hey, what do you think of when you think of my brand? And I think we talked about this earlier, but everyone should do this like once a year because it's fascinating. And I was like, oh, these are these responses are really interesting. Some of them I was expecting, some not so much. And I took those words and I put them all in a Google Doc. And then I just kind of narrowed them down, narrowed them down, narrowed them down until I'm like, this, I, I see the feeling. I can't put it into necessarily one phrase, but this is the feeling I'm going for. And with that, I was working with a website designer. They were asking for colors and a brand board. And I, you know, typically you have all these things, but I've always been like the person who's like, I don't even know. Oh my gosh, how am I going to pick colors? So it kind of forced me to start uh, containing all those thoughts a little bit. And once I started to see it visually come together, I realized I was creating a brand that I didn't even know already had existed. I was just took the time to actually sit down, read the words, look at the things I was already producing without necessarily having to do like a huge, crazy brand overview. It was just taking note of what I already had been doing and actually taking the time to set it up and put it into a Google Doc, a pretty visual board and run with it. So it really, it really was a total accident, but I was like, wait, this is everything. And it all started clicking. I came out with all new branding stuff, new stickers, new colors. Um, and it really just started with asking my audience how they saw me and listening. <laughs> yeah, that's such a fun story. And I love like, wouldn't that be great if all of our, well, actually, I feel like more often than not, our ahas, our breakthroughs, our um, whatever, rebrands in, in lots of different ways, like are kind of accidental, right? We just like run into them almost like they just like smack us in the face. And so I love that. That's your experience too. Like as a branding expert, it wasn't like this massive overhaul that like took months and months and months and like research and all of this crazy prep work, right? Where it was just kind of like this natural flow. And I think that I think that is what uh, what scares so many people, at least the audience that I serve and the listeners of this podcast too, just with like the idea of branding or rebranding or just putting yourself out there. It's like, do I have to have everything in order before I do it? Right. Or can this kind of just evolve as it evolves and like not to not to go with like the cliche expression, like done is better than perfect. But like in this case, sometimes it is right, because it's like, okay, what do I already have? And I love that closet analogy. And I love that idea of like, pulling your audience. So like all of our listeners need to do that, like today, as soon as they're done listening to this, this episode, um, whenever you end up listening to it, like go do that today, because how we perceive and I love that Kimmy, you even said like, how you perceived your your brand, your business was maybe a little different than how other people were perceiving it. And so taking that into consideration, I think is, is really huge too. So just to circle back to that idea of like story stick, like the what's important, what's not important, and really just like 
using vulnerability, I want to kind of circle back to that idea of using vulnerability and and being a little bit more vulnerable with our audiences as part of our like brand strategy even. Talk to us a little bit more about that because I think that idea and that word in general, like let's be vulnerable is like that feels too vulnerable to even like think about, okay, do I share? What do I share? What's too vulnerable? What's like, um, you know, do I share all of the, the scary, sad, terrible things? Or do I just share like a tiny glimpse, right? So my audience feels like they kind of know me a little bit more. And so what do you guys suggest when it comes to the vulnerability aspect? Like how much is too much? What does that kind of look like? And how can our listeners really like start to tap into that a little bit more without feeling like they have to just like share all their open wounds on social media? That is, it's a great question because there is kind of a line, right? There's a little bit of a line that like, if you cross it, people are kind of like, oh, that's, that's too much. I didn't need to know that. And and I would say there's the, a difference between being honest and sharing something that's hard and sharing something that kind of should stick stick in the family. Does that make sense? Um, so if you're sharing like trauma or accidents or like wild, crazy things that like shock value things, I would think a second before sharing something like that and how that's going to be perceived if you're putting stuff like that out on social media. I can think of a few examples from people we've known in the industry where I've thought to myself, like, that might have been, you know, that might have been a little too much. Like, I don't think I needed to know that. But an example of being vulnerable in a good way, I think actually like COVID pulled this out of people a lot. I mean, Cammie and I like using a company called It's Farm Girl Flowers, right, Cammie, that we've used them a few times. Okay. So she has a really large like flower company and I remember getting one of her emails during COVID where she just opened up and she was like, all right, guys, here's exactly what's going on at the farm. Here's what's happening because of COVID. You know, we're dumping blooms out in the field because there's no longer demand for them anymore. And she almost opened the doors to the behind the scenes. And I think that's the best vulnerable way to do it is like open that door a little bit so they can see what's going on behind the scenes in the business, not necessarily behind the scenes, like in your personal life. That's kind of like that line you have to be a little more cautious about in my opinion. But I thought I was like, wow, that's really courageous. That's really vulnerable that she would be honest about something like that. And then I actually think that like built trust so much because people were like, you're here walking us through this and what's going on in your life. And we all relate because this is a crap show and no one knows what's happening. And so I actually like one of the emails that I wrote last year, and I don't send out a ton of emails anymore, but I wrote, I was like, here's what's going on in my head. I'm here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm having a hard time with in my business. I, I basically had launched my ironically relaunched my new brand and new website for wedding invitations in April, literally at like the peak of everything just shutting down. And I was like, well, this is freaking great. And so I was kind of bitter about it, obviously. So, but I took some time to write an email to really process through that, to be like, 
what does it mean to be launching a brand, a, a new brand look essentially when all of this is happening. And I got so many replies from people that they're, they were like, Oh, thank God. Like that you're saying this, that someone else feels this way. I feel really lost too. I feel really scared. And that was a way for me to bring my audience along in that moment and be a little more vulnerable. So that's a personal example for me. And then obviously the farm goal girl flowers example, but hopefully that can give a little more insight into what that maybe looks like. And it's like the, that emotional stuff, it's not going to happen every day. It needs to happen when you feel ready to share it. Don't force it because it's pretty obvious when you're trying to like force something. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you shared some examples of those. And like, I feel like the forcefulness is so obvious. And I love that you brought that up too. It's like, okay, I have to be vulnerable today. Like what terrible thing can I share? And it's like, as the, as the recipient, right. on the receiving end, that doesn't feel vulnerable. That feels like, what can I do or say to like bring some attention or engagement here? Right. And it feels a little bit inauthentic. And so I love that you shared some examples and even like in my business, it took me a really long time to start being comfortable sharing more vulnerably. But when I started to, it started to become more natural, right? And it wasn't like constantly, but some of the bigger moments, right? Like I've openly shared, um, with my audience, not frequently, but that a couple years ago, and we've since had had two babies, but we had experienced a miscarriage. And I didn't talk about that for a long time. But it's also a really relatable piece. And I kind of tied it into my business of like, why it's so important for me to be home with my kids and have this freedom. And you know, part of that why and I think, wrapping it up instead of like, here's what happened to me. And this is why it's terrible. Like, here's how it connects to our audience. And here's how it really ties in with our brand was like a pivotal moment for me to like really make that connection with my own business. And every time my own clients, and I'm sure you guys experience this with your clients too, is like every time they show up a little bit more vulnerably or share something that was a little harder to share than just like, hey, here's three tips about whatever X, Y, Z when they go a little bit beneath the surface, they're always surprised by one, how good it feels to like actually be themselves and actually share what's real to them. But also so much more and not that it's ever about the engagement, the likes, the comments, whatever, but they always get so much more engagement and and connections, right? Because other people are, are are feeling, again, seen, heard, understood, and that those relationships can be so much more deep um, because of that. So I, I absolutely love that. Okay, really quickly, I would love to just pick your brains a little bit. Like if our listeners are like, okay, I get what branding is now. Like I get that it's important. I get that I have to show up a little bit more vulnerably and you know, really just understanding kind of this concept of how to really develop their their personality driven brand a little bit more, especially as solopreneurs, right? What's kind of like the first step? Like you guys like to make things simple. You like to make business a piece of cake. So let's go back to that. Like how can like what's what's like the first step here instead of, you know, if people have no idea where to go where they're like, I think I have a brand, but I'm not really sure if it like feels like me. What's like the first like one to two really simple things that they could do like today or this week to really start like down that path of feeling confident with their own brand in their business? 
I'll jump in first. And then I'm sure Cami will have stuff to add. I want to say the thing not to do right away is go hire someone who's going to charge you like $10,000 for it. Like, especially when you're really early on, it just doesn't make a lot of sense, especially in an early journey as a solopreneur. It's very different if like I was to get together with a group of friends and I was like, let's start a coffee shop on Marietta Square. That needs a little more strategy ahead of time, right? We need a look. We need a logo. What's the sign going to look like? What are the coffee cups going to look like? Things like that that are a physical part of the brand because it's a physical space. But when you're doing stuff online, it takes a lot of time to figure out the direction you're going in. So when I look back on my very first logo, all I did was paint something that said Eliza Ann. I like brush lettered Eliza Ann. And then I had calligraphy in it under in like Ariel or something. It's just super basic, right? <laughs> and it's funny because years later, I look at that and I was like, why did I even brush letter that in the first place? I don't even do brush lettering. Like I don't even really like do watercolor, but that's what I did. And that was totally fine because for, for a long time, that's not, it's not really what people are looking at, you know, like not necessarily, they're not super judging you for it when you're just starting out and you're just trying to get your footing. So I would say, make yourself something, keep it simple. Don't overthink it at first. And then once you get three years in, um, four years, maybe you can evaluate hiring someone professionally, but I bet Cami would say, if you want an action thing to do like today to do that Pinterest board activity. So I'll let her embellish on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the Pinterest board of creating a brand outfit, remember outfits your brand would wear is a great action step. But um, thinking about my personal experience and the way I had done, have done everything and what I wish I knew then <laughs> was to basically reverse engineer it and start creating stuff in your business and see, letting that guide your branding rather than letting the branding guide what you're pushing out, if that makes sense. So start creating, putting out, producing, and then that will form the brand versus the other way, because that's kind of what I did. And I realized, oh, this is very true to me because the branding I had created for myself before I was looking at what I was actually making, there was definitely a disconnect there, but I couldn't figure out why. And so when I let my branding be guided by actual creations, my work, my services, all whatever you're putting out, it became much more cohesive. So I know nobody likes to hear like, just let it happen. It's all organic, but like, (laughs) it's really the best advice I can give because it will start to show up naturally to you if you let it, but you have to give it space to breathe because with a personality driven brand, it's not going to be a flat little thing. It's going to be like creating this little magical monster and you have to give it time to create itself and show itself to you. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's so funny that you say that it's like, we want like, okay, tell me exactly what I need to do today to like, create this perfectly like, personality driven, beautiful brand that everyone connects with that my people just like love and and are drawn to and it's like it never ever ever works like that. But I love that those simple action steps of number one, make the Pinterest board, right? Like ask yourself those those simple questions. And I even want to add to that, like what I have my clients do a lot just in general as they're kind of brainstorming new products that I want to offer to all the listeners is like, you can map out your vision, right? Like you can ask yourself these questions, like, who do I want to be, right? How do I want to show up? How do I want to connect with my people? How do I want them to feel, right? So some of those questions, just driving questions, instead of feeling like we have to create like, 
you know, getting into the copy world, right? Like, let's create five content pillars and only talk about those for the rest of forever in our business, right? And it's like, those kind of just naturally are created, right, based on what you're putting out there. And so, I'm going to even add to that, like what you said, Cammie, I love just like put something out there in the world, right? Start like, maybe that means just like, ask yourself five personal questions about yourself and your business. Like today, create a a short or a long post or a story or an email or whatever, and just get it out there into the world, right? Just like have that, that action always breeds clarity. We all know that it's not always like the easiest or fastest route, right? But it is so much um, more important that we just do the thing, right? Put something out there into the world, let it be, let it, um, like you said, I love that idea of like letting it breathe and seeing what happens and then making changes from there. And then just to reiterate what you said, Elizabeth, just like, Not that we don't want to hire things out eventually, right? We're never saying don't outsource, don't invest. Like that's not the conversation here. So just let me reiterate, DIY is not always best. But in this case, right, when you're having some confusion or you're you're even going through a rebrand or you're just starting out, it's like, just do it yourself and see what sticks. And then once you have a clearer vision, it's like, if you don't know what you want, how can you ever communicate it to someone else and spending, you know, whatever, thousands of dollars on that probably isn't, you know, the wisest decision. And then also, like, I'm sure on on a branding side of things, right, no one wants to take on a project that they're like, you know, this business owner has no idea what they want. So I'm going to create the brand for them. Like, that's just not fully aligned. So I love that. This has been such an enlightening conversation, even just for me to kind of hear you guys talk about this. I would love for us to just kind of wrap up and and, and um, unless you guys have anything else, I'll just open it up really quickly. Do you guys have anything else that like you really just want our listeners to hear or know or like any any other like takeaways before we wrap up today? I'll say real quick that I put lipstick on my brand several times before I hired someone to do it professionally. (laughs) So there was like a couple different steps along the way from like my first logo and site and first feeling to the second one. And when I did the second one, Cammie was so funny because she must have had this outfit analogy in her head all all along because she was like, it's like your brand put on lipstick in a cocktail dress. It just like grew up a little bit. And then And then I was able to come in and hire someone where it fully blossomed because what actually happened for me is I did a photo shoot with the flat lay of all of my stationery and the photos turned out stunning. And I put some of them on my website and I was like, my website is not good enough for these photos. Like it doesn't do the imagery justice. This, I have reached the point where I need someone to help me, but I have all the building blocks in place. Like I know who I am as a business. I know who I want to serve. I have the work to back it up. I have the imagery and all of those things. And then the ironic thing is that COVID happened and here I am, I've shifted kind of again, but you know, that site and and that service still exists for me. I'm just a lot more picky about the clients and things I take on. So don't be discouraged by it. It takes a little bit of time and finessing and don't be redoing your logo every single week. You know, that's really overthinking it. You kind of just have to do something and let it stick for a while. And then it'll become pretty clear to you when that's just not the right fit anymore. 
Yeah, I love that. Like the glow up and the grow up like of yourself as a business owner of your brand and just like let it constantly be like reflecting you as you grow and change and evolve as a business owner. Um, That is fantastic. So I would love to actually instead of like digging into this conversation anymore, I would just love for you guys to share just like one of your since you are both obviously business owners on your own, but also friends and like co-business owners together what is like one of your favorite um parts of of being in business together I would just love to to have you guys share because I think that it's not super super common especially in you know with my audience especially to have like business partners especially lots of moms with young kids it's like that feels like that feels heavy. That feels like another task to like, how do I get in business with someone, right? When it's not just this natural flow and progression. So like, what's been your favorite part of being in business together as friends? I would love to end on that. Yeah, I'll start with this. I mean, honestly, just how much fun we have. (laughs) Like we have such a good time putting together products and serving our fellow community um, artists. But I honestly think too, one of the amazing things that I've really loved about working with Elizabeth is that we've, we've created like this little space that is very unique and very special in the business world. And we're like the two that basically initiated this. And when we see like other friendships form because of our friendship, I think that's a really cool feeling and something you don't necessarily get to experience as much as a solo business owner. So having that has been awesome. Yeah, I love the fact that I have a sounding board through someone else and don't always have to talk to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Because the yeah, the solopreneur journey can be pretty lonely. And I mean, I really think that's why Cami and I became such fast friends in the first place when we met in that Facebook group in 2016. And you're like, we went full time on the same day, we have something in common. Did we just become best friends? It's like literally the stepbrothers moment. Um, (laughs) And For us, it just kind of went from there. I mean, our friendship, I think, was strengthening a lot before we ever even made the business official because Biz Birthday Bash didn't become an LLC, didn't have its own bank account and all that good stuff until the spring of 2019. So we were an informal partnership for a long time where we just split everything 50-50 and claimed it on our own taxes, <laughs> which like for tax purposes is totally fine. But I think we reached the point where we were like, okay, we're going to DTR and uh, define the relationship here. We're going to make things official. We're, we're going to do the thing. I'm in Atlanta. She's in Orlando. So I flew down there so we could open a bank account together and everything. And I don't know, there's somebody, there's something special about having someone, especially a best friend who is like carrying the weight of the business with you. Because when one of us is freaking out, the other one's normally miraculously calm. So it's kind of like this alternating (laughs) mode of like, that one of us will stay cool and collected. If the other one is kind of like, oh my God, I'm really stressed about this or worried about this. Like when we did the Stationer Summit, which is the biggest event we've ever done in 2019, and we had 18 educators in the wedding invitation industry come together, there were a lot of stresses that came with that. And being able to call Cami just to like call my business partner and talk it out, that's so like special and rewarding and and needed when you have someone that you trust and you and you love that much to go, I don't know, just to like, do business with, I guess. Um, so it's special. It is kind of one of a kind. I feel bad because like people are always 
asking us, you know, like, how do you resolve conflicts and disagreements? And we're like, well, we don't really argue that much. Like we're pretty much on the same page, except for the station or summit. We had a pretty big argument about whether or not the headshots should be squares or circles on the website. And we both got really huffy about that. That like took a couple of days, I think for us to like (laughs) come down from, (laughs) but that's like only our only like real like fight we've ever had. But having a business partner, you just want, you want that relationship to be just as healthy as any other relationship in life, right? Like significant other, husband, wife, spouse, whatever it is, roommate, you know, you want those things to, to just kind of like mesh and to get along with that person. Yeah, that's so fun. I love your story. And I love just like the relationship, the partnership that you guys have built too. And I think that that's totally available for like any business owner, right? Like any woman, whether it starts out as a friendship, whether it leads to something in business or not, just having that support, having that person, having that sounding board. Cause like, yeah, we all have lots of thoughts in our head a lot of times and we can't always rely on like our our spouses or our parents or like non-business friends to like get it. And so having that, um, having that relationship is beautiful. And I love what you guys have created together. It's so, so fun. And you can definitely see like from the outside, right? Like as your brand, as like, um, a partnership is, is true to like who you guys are too. And like bringing out both of your brand, like your personal brands in one is also really cool to see. So as we kind of wrap up here, like tell us where can we find you guys? Where can we hang out with you? If, uh, if our listeners want to know more, want to work with you, want to just come and hang out and see what you guys are up to, where can they find you? And we'll link all of this stuff in the show notes, but where do you guys primarily hang out? Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at bizbirthdaybash. And we have a podcast that comes out every Tuesday where we're all about making biz strategy a piece of cake, like I mentioned before. Um, And it's the Biz Birthday Bash podcast on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get that. And then our website, if you want to check it out and all of our amazing resources for creatives, it's bizbirthdaybash.com. And if you want to find me on Instagram, I'm at Cami Monet. And I'm Eliza Ann Calligraphy on Instagram, which is so funny that calligraphy is still in my username. It's definitely not the main thing anymore, but it's just totally stuck. And I would say too, for all of you out there who, you know, maybe you're starting in services, but eventually you might want to be offering products of some sort. Cami and I have our main resource together, which is a membership, the A to Z directory, and that will help you find the right printing and production partners and vendors to create the product of your dream. So whether you're printing invitations or you want to do mugs or napkins, enamel pins, keychains. Literally, it's like actually A to Z. <laughs> There's like 300 to 350 like links and vendors in there. And then our private Facebook community, which is really awesome. And Cami and I like being in there because we want to be in there, not because we have to be in there. I mean, everyone's super friendly. It's an invaluable resource. And still to Cami and I, like Cami and I actually reference our own resource all the time when we're looking for stuff. So <laughs> That's how you know it's good. (laughs) That's how you know it's good. (laughs) So yeah, we will link up all of that in the show notes. If you guys want to find out more, go hang out, check out any of the resources that um, Elizabeth and Cami have created. And it's been such a joy having you guys on the podcast today. And for all of our listeners, of course, like if you enjoyed this episode, definitely head to iTunes. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode coming out every single Monday. 
And of course, head over to the Biz Birthday Bash podcast as well. Subscribe, leave reviews for for both podcasts, because that's how we get this content in the hands of so many more amazing women and moms and entrepreneurs just like you all. So thank you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Dream Builder Society podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love if you'd head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a review so we can continue to get this content into the hands of other incredible women just like you. If you're interested in learning more about the work I do and what coaching could look like for you, head over to rachelolstead.com and book your free clarity call so we can explore how coaching can help you create your own dream life too.